So let's read this parable. And it's in Matthew 13, verse 24 to 30. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. When you read the word of God, it is good seed. Let me say that again. When you read the word of God, it is good seed. Let me say that again. When you read the word of God, it is good seed. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. Verse 27. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? You've got an enemy. He will sow tears in your life if you give him space. He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my bond. Then I want you to drop down to verse 36, same chapter, where Jesus explains the parable of the tares. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. That's you and I. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Verse 40, therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine. This is yours and my portion if we washed in the blood of Jesus, born again of his spirit. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I pray this morning 
as we share the word together, that you will have ears to hear and you will allow the word of God to falter through into your life so God truly can keep you growing and the harvest of your life which culminates in the salvation face to face with Christ is a reality and that you never fear death that you can truly say oh death where is your sting amen that's the Bible amen so the kingdom of God is not mystical the Bible speaks, Paul writing the letters, he says, these mysteries which were hidden to this time, for this time. In other words, the mystery of the coming of the fullness of Christ and us being born again of his spirit and now being able to walk in the full demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. So, it doesn't have symbolic significance in that sense that transcends the mindset of a born-again believer's understanding. I don't want you to ever say you don't understand the Word of God. Because John 16, 13 says, How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Then the Bible says he will not speak on his own authority, but whatsoever he will hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. So there's nothing that is a mystery for a born again person in the kingdom. An ambassador does not go to a foreign country and wonder what his government policies are on certain matters. He knows or she knows exactly how their government stands on any matter. Can you and I this morning as an ambassador of Christ say that we stand resolute on the kingdom of God's policies, foreign policy. Here's a foreign policy, how he deals with the devil. That's another kingdom. That's not his kingdom. Are you with me? Come on, come on. And just remember, he is the God of the nations, not nation, not nation, not nation. Amen. So I've got a lot of scripture to get through this morning because I want to give you scripture, not opinion. Amen. And we'll get to some things there. Let's go to John 14. John 14. By the time this is over, whenever it is over, I'm talking about this particular message, you will understand the kingdom functions in truth and truth alone. And when an opinion comes up from your unrenewed mind, you will find conflict in your soul and you'll pull it down 
because it does not, I'll go there, Lord. Let me just go there. Better give you a scripture because you're word people, right? You like lots of word, don't you? Amen. Amen. Look at this. Casting down arguments. This is 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Is that what the Bible says? That's what the Bible says. Casting down arguments. and yeah, But you don't understand. I don't have to understand. The Word is incorruptible. Are you with me? The Bible says, do not dispute with the Word of God. Casting down arguments. Casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you and I have to bring every thought, every thought. How many thoughts? Every thought. How many thoughts do you have a day? How many thoughts do I have a day? Every thought, every day, look, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. And then he says in verse 6, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Can you see, family? Kingdom. This is kingdom living. This is kingdom living. But you don't understand. I don't have to understand. In you, in me, is a counselor, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. He's also an attorney. He petitions God by our prayers to make sure that we never at a disadvantage. But let's go back to John and you'll see no more orphan mindset in this church in Jesus' name. You are not an orphan. You are not an orphan. If you love me, keep my commandments. Kingdom talk. No option. No, let's have a conversation about this. No. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper, parakletos, comforter. This is kingdom. We speak in tongues, but that's only sign, a sign of one of the most powerful beings in all the universe, the Holy Ghost, who's resident in our lives, who's been there from the foundation of the earth, who brooded over the world when it was being formed. Sometimes believers, if the Holy Ghost came in a big red suit and a big hat down the aisle, they wonder, who is this man? Because we don't know him. We know of him. But do we know him? Watch this. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you and I forever. How long is forever? I don't know. I haven't been into forever. But I know it's a long time. The Spirit of truth, 
The Bible speaks, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How many times, family, don't allow condemnation to come. This is truth to bring us out of the mire and let us look at life in faith and be objective in everything we do. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Watch this family. But you know him. That's what the Bible says. Are you going to believe your emotions? Grandma, Grandpa, Auntie Joe, Uncle George, who are you going to believe? But you know him. The Bible says so. But you know him. What does he talk about? The King of Kings. That's the only person he talks about. He never walks outside of the Word of God because he reinforces kingdom lifestyle. And he is the spirit of truth. Amen. For he dwells in you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. We are not orphans. Now we may never say that, but we act it. We act like we're orphans. I'd love it if we had enough time to just from this point bounce right into the sons of God. How do they conduct themselves? Daughters of God. How do they talk? How do they walk? They walk into their Father's presence unashamedly with no condemnation. They know their God, their Father, as Jesus said, He is our Father. So what are we looking at here? Truth is a true fundamental principle of importance. The Holy Spirit is irrefutable truth. I hope you're getting this. It is impossible to deny or dispose of Him you can exclude him, but he's in the earth. And he's on a mandate from the Father himself. Jesus said so. I think Jesus' prayer is going to get answered before ours. I want you to see this, family. It is so important. You cannot pray to the Holy Ghost, but you can talk to Him because Jesus told us how to pray. Pray the Father in my name. The Spirit of God is the contractor that executes everything the throne room is agreeing to. You've got to get this, family. Then you'll understand the devil has no authority. I didn't say he's not going to try, steal, kill and destroy. Jesus said he will. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
You see, we want to get away from being tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Some guy stands up on Facebook and makes a statement and off we go. Another hook in the mouth. Don't even know where he comes from, who he is, but it sounds good. The flesh liked it. We don't live by the flesh. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 to 16. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. There's two spirits at work in the earth. The Holy Ghost, spirit of Antichrist. John spoke about him in Little John when he wrote. He said, even now, the spirit of Antichrist is at work in the earth. Can you see? But the Bible says, you and I have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Look at this. That we might know all things. That we might know the things that have been really given to us by God. Do we live there, family? Do we live here? I want to read that again. That we might know, in other words, experience. Not know intellectually, but experience. The things that God has freely given to us. These things we speak. What things? What He's given us. Healing. Peace, victory. Should I go on? These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. Who are you going to believe? Truth is life in the kingdom. That's the title, remember, this morning's message. Truth, truth is life in the kingdom. These things, when I read this, I get so bold. I become like a lion. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. But we're listening to every Charlie Brown, but not the Spirit of God. We're listening to this body. We're listening to the anxiety of the mind. We're not listening to the Spirit of man. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Some sickness is spiritual. It's not a physical ailment. It's got a spiritual root. Did you know that? But the natural man 
does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. If there is anything, family, we need desperately as the church, which we have but fail to execute, is discernment. We just go down wherever the majority of narrative takes us. Or if our emotions are involved, we just go down there. Because they are spiritually discerned, we have the ability by the Spirit of God to discern all matters of life. Spiritual, physical, mental, social, financial. I've had God tell me things related to the economy many times. Many times. Don't do that. Don't go there. What do I need? Discernment. Am I going to believe what He shows me from the Word? Or am I going to believe because my emotions feeling good that day says all's good, man. All's good. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged by no man. Did you hear that? What is that talking about? Well, who are you to think this? That's a judgment. Can you see? Don't allow it to come because it will bring division in your heart, believing the truth or believing man's opinion. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but I have the mind of Christ. Do we truly believe this this morning, family? Because I want to really, really exhort you. So literally, the opposing forces of light and darkness every day now don't get weary by it because you're supposed to be resting in faith and you're supposed to learn how the Holy Ghost is going to continually guide you into truth. Yes. Amen. And quicken the truth. Some of the scriptures that I read, I have read tens of tens of tens of tens of times over the last 40 years. And still, the Holy Ghost takes me back to those scriptures, even if I can quote them. Why? Because it's truth that's apportioned for that particular day, hour, week, month, season. Are you with me? Amos 3.3, 3, can two walk together unless... They agree. Amos 3.3. 3. Can two walk together unless they agree? Think about that. Agree with who? Well, can you and I agree 
with the truth of the kingdom of God? Or does our contaminated truth of intellectualism become the determining factor? Can you see? Except we agree, how can we walk together? If the Holy Ghost quickens truth to you and you push it away, even if you don't understand it intellectually because your mind hasn't been renewed, sometimes he'll take us to scriptures and you'll say, what has this scripture got to do with me? It's your future he's talking to. Take it. Take it. Because he'll bring to remembrance those things that Jesus has spoken. So when we agree, we fix upon by agreement and appointment that truth. When I say appointment, I mean we appoint it as a benchmark in our lives. But notice we have to agree because you and I are free moral agent. If we don't agree, the Spirit of God will keep prompting, prompting, but at some point I've noticed it gets quieter. If we keep resisting, He moves on. Not because he doesn't love us. We just don't want to hear. In fact, I think it's in Jeremiah or Ezekiel. He says to those prophets, he says, I want you to go and talk to my people. Listen. He says, they won't listen to you because they're just stiff-necked. And he's stiff-necked in here this morning, not from your pillow sleeping. The other reason, pride. They stiff neck. The Lord actually tells him they're not going to receive it because I know their hearts. But I'm going to tell them anyway because they're going to be without excuse. If only you had told me, Lord, I could have changed. He says, I told you, you didn't change. And He'll remind you. Amen. Because he does it in love. Amen. You see, engagement with truth is entirely voluntary. Don't lose that. It's entirely voluntary. Your salvation has been paid, purchased, bought for, in, paid for in full. But it's still voluntary. Renewing your mind is voluntary. If you don't want to renew your mind, you'll live as a 30-folder. But it's voluntary. So when God brings these words, He's exhorting us to align ourselves with His mandate for us, which will be life, a quality of life, that we're not looking for the fire escape to go to heaven. We're looking for another victory in the earth because we can. Because we always do, because greater is He that is in us 
than he that is in the world. Amen. So the extent of our freedom from the world system is directly proportional to the amount of truth from God's Word that we will allow into our lives. I exhort you in the name of Jesus to understand this morning, He will not cram the truth down your throat. You have to agree. You have to receive. You have to expel what is inconsistent with His Word. So remember that. The extent of the freedom that you and I will walk in the kingdom of God from the kingdom of this world and bring forth that harvest. Notice there was a harvest, then the angels were sent. They were not sent before the harvest of our lives. Jesus is looking for harvest. The Father God is looking for harvest. So Jesus taught many things by parables regarding the potential quality of life that we as believers can live. But I want to bring a distinction here because you and I can be a believer that Jesus shed His blood and we made that confession. And that's the most vital part that can happen for us. But then he speaks about living in perpetual peace. And we say, well, that's not realistic. Can you see? So that's why I say, believers, and then there's another level, those who will believe to the 60 and the 100 fold. Thank God we've got to get to heaven. So truth is life in the kingdom. Let's go to another scripture because I want to take the truth now and I want to bring it to an area to help you so that you can see how you get to walk in truth. You read the Word and truth comes. But there's something you have to do for it to become planted. Look at this. Matthew 4, verse 17. Well, actually, I'm going to push up to verse, got a few minutes. I want to I'll bring it into context. Matthew 4, verse 12 to 17. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea. I want you just to know that Capernaum was a center of pagan worship, some of the worst pagan worship. Jesus made his home there. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing. You see, the truth is offensive 
it's confronting. Which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that he might, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles." Interesting. He didn't live in Jerusalem, where the Jews were. He went to Galilee. Just an interesting conversation. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me read it again. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you to hear that when you repented at the beginning of your salvation, that was not the last repentance you would ever do. You need to be aware that our hearts get hard our minds go unrenewed and we harden ourselves towards the truth. We need to learn to repent. Mark 1, let's go to Mark 1. <clears throat> so truth, in order for truth to take root, there is a need for repentance from that untruth which is in our hearts that we know of. God is gracious. You don't have to go on a witch hunt. He will show you as you walk in the truth. He, he's done it for me, with me for 40 years and other men of God that I've spoken to. Suddenly he will highlight something and you think, I don't even remember that, Lord. So just lay it aside. And you just lay it aside out of repentance. I don't know, Lord, I repent. And that might have been 30 years ago, but I just clear it out of my heart because I don't want dead wood in my heart. Mark 1, verse 14 to 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. You do not preach the gospel of Charlie Brown. You do not preach the gospel of Craig Watson or any other name that can be named here. That's when you're starting to get into personality. Very dangerous. You will contaminate the truth. So you don't have Craig Watson chapter 4 verse 9. You only have gospel. Now let me remind you, the word gospel is not damnation. What is it? Good news. How come we always spend time on the damnation? I'll tell you why. We don't believe. You can't spend time there if you believe. 
How can you spend time there? What communion has light with darkness? The Bible doesn't deny the facts. It just changes them. Look at this. Now, after John was put in prison, did you notice Jesus didn't need John to get his ministry going? He had fulfilled his ministry. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And he makes another statement and believe in the gospel. If I don't believe the gospel and I'm arguing against the gospel and I'm trying to bring reason to God, I am going to lose the wall. He will just go quiet and wait. He's long-suffering. Because truth is not negotiable. If it were, you might get to the pearly gates of heaven and Abraham looks at you and goes, are you sure you got born again? I don't know, Amy. I thought I did. Is that conviction in your heart? Is healing a conviction in your heart? Is a sound mind conviction in your heart? Is God's protection, provision, love, a sound conviction in your heart through a renewed mind? I want to read this again. The time is fulfilled, not today, then. We're on borrowed time. You do know that. Any time now, the trumpet can sound. Jesus said, I don't know when. That is in the Father's authority. He alone knows. But what I want you to see this is with an urgency, work out your salvation. When I say urgency, I'm not talking about stress. That's contradictory to the Word of God. I'm saying not allowing yourself to be preoccupied with things that are to a large extent fruitless. Some bear fruit, but a lot of it's just garbage. And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. <clears throat> Repent and believe the good news. Repentance by man is the starting point of how we entered the kingdom. How we stay in kingdom life remains a place of repentance as and when necessary. Because what repentance does is it causes us to think differently. Are you with me? When you got born again, when you and I got born again, 
we experienced physically and spiritually the love of God. It suddenly, the birds sang so much cuter. It's a long time ago, huh? Well, I want you to know I still listen to the birds. Because it affirms his handiwork. I'm not trying to make you a birdie. I'm just saying. So at the core of thinking differently, I mean of repentance, is thinking differently. Because what happens when you repent, you turn away and you go in the opposite direction. That's true repentance. So when that happens, what starts to happen, family, is your behavior changes. I'm gonna stand on some toes maybe here today. You see, I came out of the world. I also used to swirl the wine glasses. Did all that crap. Turned away, have never desired it again. But I've met countless believers who try and convince me that it is good to have a wine and go to Timothy and say, Paul said to him, take a little wine. That's because the water was terrible. Wake up, family. There weren't water purification plants. You know, we get stupid. Are you with me? If you want to look down the old wineskin, enjoy it, because I'm into the new wine. Because when I repented, it changed my behavior. When you repent, it changes your behavior. Now, if it didn't change the first time, don't beat up on yourself. Stay before the Lord. Say, Lord, this thing's still, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. He'll come and tell you. Well, meditate on the Word. Because you work the Word until the Word works you. It'll change you. So thinking differently is learning principles of how God's kingdom is governed. You understand that if we don't align ourselves in learning the principles of how the kingdom is governed. And this is some, what are these principles? Take the splinter out of your eye, out, and the power line out of your eye. Splinter out of your neighbour and the power line out of yours. Just want to get that point across. Are you with me? Amazing how many judges and juries we have in the kingdom. 
But one day, it's all going to get burnt up. Can you see, family? So truth won't take us down that road. We'll learn the principles of the kingdom. What you sow, you will eat. What you sow, you will eat. Nobody else. What you sow, you will eat. Lots of it. Proverbs 18. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's where death and life is. Look at the authority of the tongue. The Lord said death and life is in the power of the tongue. I thought it was in the misspent doctor. No, tongue. (laughs) Do you believe this truth? It's in the Bible. Do you believe it? The Bible says we will be filled, not might be, will be, will be. The Bible doesn't lie. So when I see my behaviour is inconsistent with the principles of the kingdom of God, I must change. Not change church, I must change. Looking for itchy ears, those that will speak the doctrine that I enjoy. Jere, help doch. Come on, family. Come on. Come on. How do we learn the principles that govern God's kingdom? Well, we read the Word. When we read the Word, our mind gets renewed. It doesn't mean our mind's going to accept everything immediately. We may not even have the full revelation. It may just be information. But to the heart, it's revelation. Our mind will catch up. Come on, sometimes we'll get it immediately. Sometimes we won't. Let me close on another high note. Proverbs 4 verse 18. Write this on your forehead, on your hand, on your fridge, above your bed, in your bath. Write it everywhere. Write it everywhere. Proverbs 4 18. But the path of the just is like a shining light. Come on, family, that shines ever brighter to the perfect day. Let me read that again. But the path of the just, if you're born again, if you're washed in the blood of Jesus, if you're walking in the mandate of God's Word, you are just. Christ has paid the price. But the path of the just is like a shining light, not a candle. This is a bright light that shines ever brighter unto 
the perfect day. I'll pick up on this if the Holy Ghost lets me continue on this. I'll pick up on it um, next week. Perfect. You should have said that. What does it mean? I'm glad you asked. Free from any flaw or defect of any condition or quality. Free from any flaw or defect. That's what the Bible says. In the condition or quality of our life in Christ Jesus. God bless you, family.